0: Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me again is Joe from Brave World Anime. How's it going, Joe? It's going well,
1: Andrew. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you were a guest on our first and only live show at OhioCon where we did the Card Captors uh, or Card Captor Sakura episode, which was awesome. Um, you've got a bit of a connection to anime, right? Over in Columbus, what is it that you do in relation to anime?
1: Um my friends and I we do panels throughout the Midwest area. Um recently we presented at Matsuri Con and Khan and upcoming we're going to be at Neon Con.
0: Awesome. So you guys yeah, pretty much travel quite a bit over the the Midwest to represent kind of bringing like a, a thoughtfulness and a curation to anime, which is such a huge and kind of intimidating world of of fandoms. It's kind of a cool thing that you guys do with those uh presentations.
1: Yeah, I've been going to conventions for almost 20 years now. And so I've been doing panels for about the last five or so. I'm kind of giving back to the community in a small way.
0: That's fantastic. And it it is kind of hard to get into, especially if you don't have someone, you know, nudging you saying, hey, you got to watch this show. Because if you just go on Crunchyroll or just go on Hulu even, or even YouTube and look up anime, there is so much stuff to get into. And so much of it is really good, depending on what you're into. But Going to a panel or, like, you know, finding some YouTuber or something who has similar preferences to yourself can be a huge, huge help. Like, going to your panel at OhioCon, I learned uh, several shows that I ended up really, really loving. Um, Made in Abyss was probably my favorite among them, which, which I was just obsessed with. And then I went back and watched it again with my wife, and it's awesome. It's such a cool world.
1: Yeah, I'm, I really like that one. That was definitely one of my favorite, like, recent shows. Just incredibly detailed world and I just started reading the manga too.
0: I really want there to be like a video game like a role playing game or even a tabletop role playing game would be awesome from that world. It's it's set up so much like a video game you know like with the different levels and everything.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah and and the level yeah it's like definitely like a level like where you have to go further and further down and every level gets much much harder.
0: And it's a totally different like biome you know like like a kind of like in video games there's the trope of there's always like a jungle world an ice world a fire world it's not quite that extreme but definitely you can tell which world you're in or which uh you know zone you're in um but yeah it's it's a, a beautiful medium anime and it's so diverse too just saying you're a fan of anime is like saying oh man i love music it's like
1: <laughs> yeah exactly. It kind
0: of opens you up to a, a lot of uh genres and subgenres, and i don't know there's there's a lot that I really do like about the world of anime and then there's also some things that make me like kind of uncomfortable or like this is kind of not my speed not my style but there's so much good stuff out there that it's definitely something hopefully more and more people will keep getting into and realizing that there's something there for everyone just like books or music or whatever you just have to to look in the right places to find it
1: oh yeah exactly and I'm in I have a very diverse taste in anime, so I see a lot of different shows. And I definitely know there are some anime that I try very hard to avoid for various reasons. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, and there's, there, there's all kinds of things to not like, just like in movies and books. It's like, you know, every genre at the bookstore is not going to capture your interest. There's going to be a couple, hopefully, but... Um, yeah. So when I approached you about being on the show again, because you know you're such an awesome guest last time, uh, you brought up Kyoto Animation, which is an animation studio uh, based out of Kyoto, believe it or not. Um, but can you give us a little bit of background on on that company and maybe why you chose them for a topic?
1: Yeah, um, Kyoto's been doing work for a number of years now. I don't know the exact date of when they started, but they've produced numerous high-quality titles. What they're really known for is just putting a lot of love into their work, um, and it shows in the animation quality. So some of the shows that people will probably recognize from Kyoto are the Haruhi, um K-On! Um, the Free series... And various others but they've just I love pretty much everything they've done I've seen the only shows I haven't seen by KyoAni are Free and the Full Metal Panic Second Raid which I cool. desperately need to watch and I just somehow missed it yeah the,
0: the quality of their animation is so cool I, I saw K-On! Uh, back in college and I was like man the the art is so cool on this like it, it looks like a, a feature film quality like budget um, but I think part of the way they're able to achieve that as a studio is that they have their employees on salary, which I know is a big shocking thing for uh, for us to hear. But like, no, in in Japan, in the anime industry, it's typically freelance work um, where you have kind of a quota to meet. You know, you have a certain number of frames you have to get complete, you know, really kind of before you get paid, that sort of thing. So it creates this kind of toxic, uh, almost like crunch style um, workflow, which seems really awful um, for the humans involved uh, and even amazing studios that make really good quality work like Studio Ghibli, who, who might still be my favorite anime, well, Japanese animation, I'm so sorry, uh, studio, they don't really have a lot of um, good <laughs> track record for treating their people very well or, uh, you know, giving dignity to the human lives involved in creating the, the art. It's all about serving the art, whereas at Kyoto Animation, I feel like they give the people... Uh, enough attention and they care for them and treat them well so that they are incentivized to put more effort into the animation and make it really really top-notch stuff it's really cool
1: yeah one thing with Kyoto Animation too is they're really good about like recruiting young students like out of college and just getting like fresh minds into the business and they have a really good training program because they have a lot of veteran animators on the staff but then they also bring in new people that are talented but maybe just need a little bit of experience
0: i also really like that they're kind of allowed to experiment and go kind of different directions with some of the art styles like they don't all look identical like you can't always tell from a screenshot if it's something is made by kyoto animation whereas like kind of everything from studio ghibli looks like everything else from studio ghibli in a way especially you know female characters faces for example um but yeah it's really cool how their their animation can be kind of diverse from being kind of cartoony and a little chibi to being pretty lifelike considering that it's still anime um but yeah it's it's a really cool uh, studio and they offer a huge diverse amount of different series as well they're not always the same genre which a lot of other studios tend to find one thing they love doing like just giant robots giant robots all day every day or you know uh powerful women uh protagonists adventure stories with an environmental message every single time like some of that gets a little you know it wears out its welcome a little bit but kyoto animation it's always going to be a little bit different but it's going to have that high quality animation and it's going to be thoughtfully produced which which is a great thing to have as your your track record it's awesome
1: Yeah, they're really, really good. Like, and going back to the point you said, they do have very diverse styles. Like, if you go back to K on, and then Mm -hmm. compare K on to something like Violet Evergarden, like you never know they were by like the same studio. Like Violet Evergarden is probably like one of the most like beautiful looking anime I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, totally. And um, so there has been some news the last couple months. Was it about maybe two months ago when their building was attacked by an arsonist? Uh, it seems like that was it was a huge fire and I believe it was the largest loss of uh, mass like civilian life in one incident since World War II which is just crazy I think 34 people died is that right
1: yeah it's 34 or 35 the number it's there's it was a shocking attack Yeah, it occurred back on July 18th and it was like I remember waking up like that morning and seeing the news and just not knowing how to react like that was my wake up call at like six o'clock in the morning was waking up to just to see that news all over twitter but yeah Yeah. it was And that's
0: never happened in in the anime industry there's never been a um you know mass death headline before like i know we might be uh kind of getting used to it in the u.s but in japan it's very rare and in the anime industry it's never happened before which is crazy because it's kind of a new art form so luckily this kind of thing has never happened before but unfortunately you know now it has there was this this huge loss of life which is just crazy
1: yeah and the scale of it is just insane in terms of like how i don't want to say like give them credit but that's how effective it was unfortunately in this attack because it's just, like the one article i read said that like of the yeah 35 people that died and 30 more were injured only one person in that building that day escaped without injury Wow. And another, I don't think the 30 or the 65 total there includes the arsonist who's still in the hospital recovering from his wounds.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, of course, you can't really relate to, you know, what, what causes someone to do something so horrible to other humans. But, it, I mean, the guy confessed to it. Like, it's kind of chilling. It's, it's just crazy. I can't even wrap my mind around it. it especially, it seems so uh, disconnected from kind of the message of a lot, almost every show that Kyoto Animation has worked on has a very positive message. And of course, you know, for there to be drama, something has to go wrong at some point during the story, but there's always, you know, uplifting episodes and uplifting themes and um, kind of a lot of, you know, happy endings. And I I don't know, it seems weird that someone could be so angry at this studio, but of course it's, you know, someone whose mental faculties must have caused some sort of issue for them. It's it's sad.
1: The motive's allegedly something about copyright or like somebody like Kyoto stealing the arsonist's work, but that's only speculation because I don't know how much is actually known about his true motive yet at this point.
0: Wow. Wow. So, um, yeah, we decided to kind of go over that news at the beginning of the episode so we can... uh climb out of that hole hopefully by the end of the episode and uh, luckily the anime community has kind of banded together and they've done a GoFundMe to kind of help the studio get back on its feet and you know get back to what they love doing which is working on making more anime Um, and it's been really successful they've raised over two million dollars for getting that studio back up in action and there's a lot of ways you can can contribute to the cause. They're they're selling digital artwork directly through the studio, and they also have a bank account that you can just donate money to, which is really cool. In addition to that, GoFundMe page, which is uh, put on by Sentai, I believe.
1: Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the American studios were raising funds to give back to the Kyoto Animation studio, and the outpouring of support, like immediately after the incident, was like one positive that would came out of this. It was just. Usually with these type of situations, you still have some back and forth about like, well, what's the real cause of this or what's this? But no, in this case, it was everybody was like, how can I help? Like, what can I do to give back something to these people that meant so much to me?
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it was definitely a huge loss for that company because they only had, I think, 160 employees so they've lost a huge chunk of their workforce and it's not like these kinds of artists just grow on trees like they're hard to come by and it's going to be a big loss for the studio um and in addition to the human toll but you know their their creative load like they won't be able to accomplish as much or be as prolific as they typically are. So uh yeah, big time bummer, but the good news is they're still around, they're still making more art and I'm sure that they'll use that uh all those emotions to further push the envelope of what's possible with this art form which will be really cool to see in the future. So yeah, there's uh there's some things blooming, you know, in the aftermath here. The sky, Is there a certain order that you think we should go through as far as like putting this park together or do you have an overall theme for how they would connect together in the same park
1: um i got a few different sections to go through and just that's kind of how i broke it up this time just a few that had some like logical connections some things some shows were pretty easy to be like hey this would make sense in an amusement park and then other ones were kind of difficult to figure out like how they would maybe fit into like an amusement park type setting
0: yeah I definitely saw some some pretty, you know, maybe not obvious, but some connections that that work really smoothly, like you said, in a theme park. So, yeah, we'll just we'll make sure it all kind of comes together. But a lot of the shows um, tend to share similar settings, like a high school, for example, is featured in probably more than half of their shows, maybe more than that. So. That could be kind of an interesting thing, doing like a theme park version of a Japanese high school for, you know, those of us who haven't been to a Japanese high school, but would want to, the experience of that.
1: That's definitely one, um, especially with shows like Haruhi and K-On! being like two of their most like well-recognized shows, along with yeah. things like Chunibyo, Hioka. There's just so many, you're right, there pretty much everything or most of the shows they've done involve high schoolers. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, having some type of setup that way makes a lot of sense.
0: Cool. And then you could do like Free, which is, you know, obviously you know this, Joe, but it's a show about uh, swimmers. So you can just have a pool and be like, here's the the free pool. Uh, I don't know. You can competitively race in swimming there if you want to. I don't think most people go to the theme park for that, but maybe there's also a free wave pool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking like definitely water, some some water attraction. It could even be like slides that are like the racing slides or something too. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind
0: of goofy, but it, it is like an, a really obvious one and it definitely fits. And then they, there is also a show that's about a like an archery club. I'm trying to think of what it's called. Yeah. Uh, Suruni. Suruni. Yeah. Just doing, you know, an archery range. That's another one where it's just like, bang, there's that thing. <laughs> um, because a lot of these shows, regardless of what they're more specifically about, feature, you know, kind of like romance plots and a lot of relationships and self-improvement, and things that can transcend above uh, specific attractions and just kind of be like the park-wide vibe or like thing that you're doing. And there's kind of a large number of these series that are adapted from light novels or visual novels, which a light novel is just like a thin novel of like 50,000 words or less, usually, if it was in English. Um, And then a visual novel is an interactive novel, which a lot of those are kind of compared to like dating sims, where largely you're making choices through a story and you actually impact it, and then there's several different like uh, you know partners that you can end up with at the end of the story, and that's kind of a big overarching thing. Like I said, the the romance aspect, and we could do like sort of a role playing thing. I don't know how weird that is, um, but like where you get to make some choices in a story not that you actually end up, you know, with a significant other at the end of visiting the theme park, but within canon, you know, maybe your character does or something like that. Or it could remove maybe the dating sim aspects of it and just make it an interactive story experience within this school or this uh theme park.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially with the ones that you mentioned that are like visual novels. Um three that come to mind are like um Air Cannon and Clonad which are the three that are from Key st- are, yeah based on visual novels by the studio Key and yeah those are definitely like more harem style anime um where in most cases in the anime there's a specific girl that you can pretty much guarantee he's going that's going to be the one he ends up with but in the visual novels you actually do have the opportunity to interact with the other ones so it would be kind of cool to incorporate that into the amusement park in some way
0: and that's i mean for some reason in anime i see and in visual novels i see that as like a little bit kind of strange but then i'll turn around and contradict myself by playing harvest moon or um stardew valley where it's like oh let me look up how i can you know end up with this person or what does this person like as a gift it's like kind of the same thing um but i don't know somehow i feel like the anime art style it makes it seem different. I think there's like certain connections that people are like a little more judgmental of if it's an anime or a visual novel versus a more traditional video game,
1: which isn't fair.
0: And it's kind of weird how it's like that.
1: I should play more like visual novels. I haven't played too many, but yet yeah, it's. I know with the anime, whenever I watch an anime, it's based on a novel or a visual novel or like a harem anime. I always seem to pick the girl that's not the final choice. So I should probably. Play with uh, play the actual visual novels, and I can actually have a con- more control over that.
0: Yeah, but I do love uh, interactive fiction, and you know, having some some impact and consequence on the art you're you're consuming feels really cool. It's it's way way more special, I would say, than just passive uh, works of art like like anime or like TV shows or movies, where or a book where you just kind of absorb it. Not that there's anything wrong with that, and of course it's amazing. Humans love that kind of stuff. But having the chance of interacting with it once in a while, I think is maybe why video games are so hugely popular. So we could kind of feature some of that stuff in our theme park. Some of those, you know, make your choice and there will be consequences, and maybe you get access to different parts of the park, or you can kind of start to see things in a different way once someone points them out to you. So that's a way we can kind of do uh, something for people who are repeat- park guests to give them like a longer story arc so to speak other than just the one-day episode when they're there they can kind of see uh learn some more secrets and uh some of these shows also a couple of them are, are about sort of seeing things that not everyone can see uh like munto and uh myriad colors phantom world and then actually also beyond the boundary there these are all series about there being some sort of normally not visible beings from another place whether it be you know phantoms or yomu or the like heavenly beings from munto so yeah it'd be kind of interesting if if at some point you can get access to maybe another part of the park where those sorts of beings are there as if you just learned how to see them or you just gained that ability
1: that's really cool. Yeah, I hadn't I'll be honest, I had not thought about Moon tonal. I've seen it, but I had not thought about Moon in a long time.
0: And I had never seen it. I just I read about this the plot line and I was like, that is so cool. What a crazy like history. It kind of reminded me of Made in Abyss where there's this really well thought out um, sort of history and like background. And so in the present of the story, you're just kind of uncovering these relics. But if you go on the wiki, you know there's tons of of like how this world came to be the way that it is, and I, I love the feeling of that of uncovering something rather than being told something.
1: Yeah, that's a really good example, and I should probably go back and rewatch that one. I remember liking it when it came out. It's definitely one that I think most people like. I'm looking at the my anime list sorted by members, and I can't even find it on here. So
0: I couldn't find much about it um on YouTube. I think I only found like one review of it. Um, but it seems like a cool concept. I love the idea that it's sort of three, three-episode arcs. Like, I love um, art forms that are maybe a little bit more restrictive, which also makes it uh, maybe less intimidating to make. Because if you start to write a book, and then you plan on there being a series of, of 25 novels or whatever, or you're writing a comic book, and you're like, well, now I have to do issue two, three, four, five, and in perpetuity, that's pretty intimidating. But if you're like, I'm going to do a, a limited run, three episodes, and then in a couple of years, I'll do three more episodes. Like, that seems much more doable and and uh, less intimidating, and I don't know, I feel like you can kind of master what you're working on because you know when it's going to be over which which is kind of cool i love that that concept
1: a little different than diving into like one piece or something that's like at episode like a thousand or something
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah one piece is is an excellent example of the opposite of this which i mean of course you can do like a, a one shot like a movie where it's just like here's the story it ends at an hour and a half or two hours um which which also would work but breaking it down further than that where it's you know maybe the length of three movies like a trilogy but you're doing them one episode at a time one of nine at a time which is kind of cool um
1: let's see what else is popping to mind for you um going back well sticking with the high school aspect but um hyoka is one of my favorite anime by like kyoto and it's a very mystery centric anime so it definitely makes sense Um, a lot of the mysteries in there are like really benign they're not like You must solve this murder. They're usually like, "Why is this silly event happening in our high school?" So that seems like a good opportunity for some interactivity with the guests as well. Um, Some type of like mystery rooms to have them solve some relatively simple puzzles. Um, Maybe have like some of the some actors um, playing the characters from the show. Chitanda, who's the main female protagonist, is one of my personal favorite anime characters. So I would appreciate that. of those like locked room mysteries where um chitanda's in the room and she's already in the room but um the main male protagonist comes to the room and the room's locked but she doesn't have the key and it's like how did the room get locked and just silly mysteries like that
0: cool that sounds really interesting and that is an obvious and easy setup for like an escape room which is a really fun um form of entertainment that works well in in a theme park setting i think but that definitely sounds like a, a cool setup. And that series seems cool, although I haven't seen it. It looked like one. When I was reading you know, the description of it, I'm like, that sounds really cool and kind of up my alley. Because I don't necessarily like when it's just a goofy, wacky show for no real reason. But when there's a little bit of mystery or like you can kind of uncover things over time, I think that makes for a really captivating uh, plot. So that sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of like... I don't always like the shows about like high school students because there's like nine million of them, but that's <laughs> right. one I do recommend in the high school genre. It's um, characters are really well written and it's just a fun show to watch. Not anything too heavy. So there's
0: a lot of them that are sort of more not necessarily mundane, but set in traditional settings like a Japanese high school, for example. But there's also some that are a little bit, you know, more out there, like Full Metal Panic for example, where there's some more, you know, giant robot type of stuff going on. So there is still some room within the Kyoto Animation to do some of those bigger, like maybe more stereotypical uh, anime type things of, of giant robots and like more of those sort of action shonen type of things, um, which would be kind of cool. You know, certain people are into that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, Second Raid's really the only one they've done that I would consider to be, like, really action-heavy, but then there are shows like um, Bo, where it, it's kind of more of a fake-out action, but there's still some really, like, really cool animated action scenes in there, and the fantasy, like, aspects of that show are really interesting, and so those could be used, too, and then going back to, like, Beyond the Boundaries and stuff. Yeah, they do have some action-oriented shows, but, yeah, they definitely tend to go primarily towards the slice of life and or high school yeah
0: i love that about the studio that they can have a story that is mostly you know the majority of each episode is sort of slice of <laughs> slice of life um but then you can also just they can bust out an action scene as well as any other animation studio and make it look really really good have you ever seen uh nichiju
1: i have yeah we actually watched it i'm with yeah with the anime society of columbus and through several of our weekly meetings.
0: That show seems amazing. Like, that was the show I came home from work and had to tell my wife about because I was, like, listening to a review of it as I was driving home, and I was like, this show sounds so crazy and so fun. And I just love that it can it can be a slice of life and just, like, a pretty pure comedy show. But then there's, like, some really cool uh, action, like, really well-animated explosions and, like, when someone screams and, like, they've launched lasers that, like you know shoot into the space and destroy planets and it has these like moments where if you were just walking by the tv you'd be like what is this dragon ball z or something and then like one second later it's like what is this a comic strip like what is this show
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and the teacher actually has like one of my like favorite anime scenes in it just this really silly scene where like this it's uh the school's principal is fighting like a deer and it's just it's just completely random <laughs>
0: Yeah, that one seems really fun, and I don't know how we would represent that in a theme park whatsoever. Um, other than that girl, that robot character with the like, big key in her back, like an old wind-up toy, that seems like a cool character to have as an animatronic, you know, who maybe shoots her fist off like a rocket once in a while or something.
1: <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah. She'd be definitely a good like mascot character.
0: You could do a roller coaster where there are just some of these characters around and you're kind of... Um, like sort of one of those Harry Potter-ish rides where you're riding around within the world and you kind of stop by a little area and see a little vignette of a scene. And then as you're leaving the scene, you know, someone feels embarrassed. So they just like erupt in flames or whatever and there's pyrotechnics everywhere. Like have those really absurd reactions happen? Like where you you know step into a scene basically from your ride vehicle and then something absolutely mundane happens but their reactions are like so extreme that it it forces your vehicle to like be flung from the room into the next scene or something like that you could make it as like a a mad dash like kind of exploration of that town and all the wild uh, things that happen to these normal people.
1: That would be really cool. And the g is like the perfect show for that because it's got like a lot of different like really funny and really awesome like random moments that make like no sense.
0: It seems so random. Like it kind of reminded me of the uh, WarioWare video game series, which I really am a fan of. Just the switching the art styles all the time and just super absurd, bizarre things happening for a very short amount of time. I, I'm so into that stuff. Um... Another one that is kind of off the wall but might be the most obvious choice for a theme park is Amagi Brilliant Park. Have you seen that show?
1: Yeah, that was definitely one I had down to. It definitely makes the most sense considering it's essentially the plot of it's just building an amusement park. so. Yeah, I, I'm
0: I'm working on making an amusement parks card game and I was thinking as I was watching a review of that show, I was like, I need to watch this show for an, for kind of inspiration and see if there's things i haven't tried designing a theme park you know with this little feature or something to put in the card game someday um but it seems really cool like it's about magical creatures who kind of need joy to survive like that's their sustenance so they open an amusement park to make people happy so that they can continue to live which is such a cool like it reminds me of like, you know, Santa Claus or something like, you know, he needs people to believe in order to exist like this kind of fun, uh, continuous cycle where it's like he makes people happy so that he can continue to exist. And it's a symbiotic relationship, you know, how humans and Santa interact in real life. That was the weirdest example to bring up. But anyway, no it makes sense. And it's actually pretty, it's a
1: good example, because it's pretty funny, because you also get to see a lot of like the park mascots and stuff like not acting as their character so they're still dressed up as like mascot characters but then they're at the bar drinking beer and eating chicken and (laughs) there's just some really those are like some of my favorite scenes from Amagi It's just every time when they're like still in their costume but just drinking and everything
0: and it seems really cool too that you can have um you know walk around characters but that is the actual character there's not a person inside there necessarily like they're just a magical creature uh you know walking around and this is their existence and they work at the theme park yeah it's really fun to do that and then we could bring in characters from other series by kyoto animation and you know just say however these people were brought from their maple world or whatever their original world was called they were brought from all over the fictional you know kyoto animation universe into this theme park and they're like well we need joy to survive so we're going to run the theme park so the overall like grand vision that I think might be really cool to kind of connect all this stuff together, you know, Marvel cinematic universe uh, wise would be to have it kind of set in Amagi brilliant park. Um, But then maybe there's sort of a, a connection like, so with Munto, which I haven't seen, but there's this, the kind of power supply for these heavenly beings um, is human emotions. So human emotions are what, what, kind of fuel them and over the you know hundreds of years or whatever they've traveled to many parallel universes and kind of depleted all of the human emotions and like basically over forested you know the multiverse and so they eventually get attacked by humans and then sever the connection to the humans but some people can still see their their land masses up in the sky and so i was thinking that maybe because so much of this of these shows are kind of about melodrama and, and slice of life and relationships, that your outcome of your day-to-day like episode, you know, your episodic arc, if you go back for the entire season, potentially and this is crazy, but what if those emotions are sort of building some uh, long term like meter that's either fueling these, you know, heavenly creatures Or if they're negative emotions, they're going to the YUMO from Beyond the Boundary, which are kind of physical representations of negative emotions. So, like, those two shows, although I've actually never seen either one, based on their descriptions they seem like kind of opposite sides of a coin. Like, one of them is more about positive emotions and absorbing um, fuel from that, and the other is a physical representation of negative emotions. So maybe your impact on this world, and maybe just within the high school or whatever, um, if you make a big positive impact on the world and the people around you, you build more of a connection in that direction towards the heavenly beings. And then if you build more of a negative connection to people, then the the Yomu are more empowered and like attack
1: more or whatever. Am I crazy? Is that nuts? No, you definitely put some thought into that. I definitely give you credit for that, because I've actually seen both shows, but Munto it's just been too long, and beyond the boundaries, I guess my memory is really, really bad at this point. But no, that's a really cool idea, and definitely, again, provides some ways that the park could be like changed, so that way people want to come back each time, and it's not going to be the same experience every time. Right, And and I don't know,
0: the day-to-day interactions, like... The amusements and the slice of life part of it might be hard to replicate because, you know, how do you slice a park guest's life, <laughs> you know? like, I mean, the slice of life shows are just about depicting kind of everyday stuff, but this is a theme park. You know, people are going on roller coasters and going on escape rooms and all kinds of, like, wild things um, that are not exactly slice of life, you know, that more sort of mundane Style so it might be kind of hard to to get those things to
1: connect yeah that is a that is one of the challenges I was trying to work through when I was coming up with this idea
0: <laughs> right it's it's hard to do relationships um, with fictional characters in real life
1: I guess for me since i don 't do many rides or anything like when I go to amusement parks it's it's more about the experience so if, as long as we have opportunities for the guests to interact with the characters from the shows they love. That would be like the main attraction for people wanting to come back is they get to hang out with the characters that they know so well from the various shows. And You've given me
0: uh, encouragement there that you could just kind of have someone who's really in character. Um, and, you know, maybe you don't actually go on a date with them, so to speak, but if you get along with them and you can entertain them or make them laugh, then maybe they, you know, hand you a ticket and say, why don't you meet me here later or whatever. They give you access. They give you some sort of reward to go do something else or to get into, you know, sort of an area that's off limits to the average person. Um, You've rewarded them by either just being like, you know, a fun person or being a big fan of that show where you can reference, you know, something that you know that they like and make them happy. Kind of like in Animal Crossing where it's like, or so many different video games, where if you know what someone's favorite food is and you give it to them, then they give you something special in return. It could just be as simple as that. You know, it doesn't have to be about long-term relationships because it's just, you know, the day while you're here, just a day in, in this kind of everyday sort of setting.
1: I really like that, yeah. And it rewards the guests for participating, which is what we want. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Um. Oh, you know what would be cool? So, um, Violent... Evergarden is about, sort of about ghostwriters, like someone who writes on behalf of another person. Um, the way we could kind of frame it, like as you're leaving the park or whatever, there is an auto-memory doll, one of these ghostwriters, who can kind of give you a summary of what you did because they're really good at sort of deciphering the true emotions of of what the, the author was trying to say or the, the person they're writing on behalf of. So it'd be kind of cool if they give you sort of a summary of your relationships with each person and, and your connections with each person and help you to summarize what you did for the day. I think that'd be really cool to get a little like transcript of, of your adventure in the, in your relationships.
1: Yeah. I really like that idea. That's a good, that's a smart way to incorporate Violet Evergarden. Cause that was one of those shows where it, it is because of the way the show is structured, I was struggling with a way to come up with an amusement park way, but
0: it doesn't really, yeah, there's no way to really do an attraction based on it. I mean, it's a very cool show, but just like, you know, most most movies um, are not going to be ripe for a universal attraction necessarily. But yeah, doing, doing some references and kind of winks and nods to the audience who might love these characters would be really cool.
1: Yeah, the only thing I came up with for that show is just, um one of the more iconic scenes or many of the scenes in the show actually have a pretty cool like old style train, like so that was one thing that we could definitely oh. incorporate into the park too
0: yeah just as like a way of getting around the theme park yeah oh that's genius oh that's so cool yeah i love that i didn't think of many things that would be like good for a roller coaster or you know forms of transit. That was one of the few I had. (laughs) That might be because most, you know, Japanese high schoolers walk to school or take the train. So they don't have like, you know, not everyone's driving to work like they are driving to school like they are here in the U.S. (laughs) we could do like a shopping district kind of thing like um, from Tamako markets or there was another uh, Canon has a shopping district that we could just have, you know, represented there as like a cool, cute little Japanese style market um, for shopping and getting food and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Tamako would be a cool one to involve because that was what I was thinking of too. Just recreating the shopping mall. Cause they have it pretty clearly laid out in terms of like what each store is and looking at the list of them it's like there's Tamaya which is the main like main store in the, in the show. But then there's also a store that's just called Just Meat. And so I'm like, I approve that one <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a fun name. Oh that's awesome.
1: And um with the um Clanod and Canon yeah Clanod there is a um Nagisa who's the female main protagonist her mom and dad run a bakery and her mom is really famous for making like awful bread that like <laughs> makes everybody like kind of feel sick but it might be something might be a challenge
0: we can make guests do Oh that's funny Yeah like bread with really weird ingredients where yeah it's not going to like poison you but you know maybe there's
1: pop rocks baked into it or something like, <laughs> yeah. really bizarre and um akiko who's the female protagonist i think natsuki i think it's her mom and she makes like really she makes jam and again similar similar reaction i think it's basically (laughs) the same joke being repeated but they're both pretty funny i like those
0: shopping scenes in a lot of anime it's like I think part of it is not even just anime, but just in Japan, you know. Um, I've been watching the uh, Fast and the Furious movies for some reason, and uh, Tokyo Drift, they go into, like, a little convenience store, and I'm like, oh, everything is so cute and so, like, well-designed, and I love the way that everything's bright and colorful and cheery. So seeing that represented in anime or film or whatever, I'm always like, man, I want to go there. That looks so cool. So... Giving
1: people a chance to do that, I think,
0: would be really neat.
1: Yeah, there's another older anime, like, not Kyoto Animation, but it's um, Abenobashi Shopping District, and that's another one about an old shopping district that's really cool.
0: I was thinking of some more sort of bizarre uh, avenues we could go down, (laughs) which would be, uh, like, the Melancholy of Haruhi Zuzumaya. I haven't seen that show, but evidently there's some weird stuff and time travel and, like... Some kind of crazier things we could could pursue there, as far as doing an experience, you know, whether it's a roller coaster where you're on like a time loop or something like that would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a big time travel aspect in that show, and it's in, it's definitely got some more like it's a high school slice of life with um, mystery and like sci-fi mixed in. So yeah, a roller coaster would be a good opportunity again there. Another one, just in general, with Haruhi being kind of like a very influential character in the show. I can't think of a nice <laughs> way to word that, but yeah, she's very demanding. So that could be something like where she's like bossing you around and like throughout the ride or something.
0: Uh, a lot of the characters I feel like could kind of command their own roller coaster, you know, like either they're, you know, driving a vehicle or they're just on the train with you um, and their personality is, is uh, influencing you and the path you're taking and all that stuff would be kind of fun. Um, Lucky Star seems like it would fit in in the school pretty smoothly, but I also read about a couple of spin offs of that series. There's a manga where they all uh, shrink down to be the size of dolls, which would obviously be a cool theme park attraction. You know, the the old Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, or A Bug's Life type thing, or just like giant sized stuff around you making you feel really small. Um, would be fun. And then there's also a video game called Lucky Star Drill, where it's kind of a a series of quizzes where you're trying to beat the other characters. So almost like a trivia night uh, or just like a series of mini games and little quizzes that you have to try to, you know, especially for our audience here who are, I would assume fans of these shows. So it might be fun to do trivia based on just that show, you know, Um, asking really specific questions and, you know, it'd be fun giving people prizes for doing well and, giving people a chance to bond with each other and form teams and stuff like that with with strangers who love the
1: same show would be really cool. That is really cool, yeah. I would definitely be a fan of that. Like, we have some trivia nights here in Columbus, so, like, anime trivia nights, like, once a month. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so awesome. When I went a couple, like, the first time I went was a couple months ago, and they actually had a Kyoto Animation category, and I knew every answer, but I just couldn't buzz in fast enough because there's, like, 18 teams in something so everybody would buzz in before me but it's like i knew every single answer like instantly
0: wow so the trivia night that we go to here every week i love the format because you just have a piece of paper and he reads all the questions and then you write down your answers to each question and then everyone turns them in and gets points for it so everyone could get a question right and it's there's not that like you know winner take all kind of mentality of one person's gonna buzz in first and get this right um but yeah, I, I really wish there was more specific trivia like that. Cause it's all grab bag, you know, so there's a lot of, of history and geography and things that I'm okay with, but like, if it was just video game trivia, it would be so fun because I'd love to get into those nitty gritty, tiny details. Um, that'd be a, a blast.
1: Yeah. I need to find more people that know like Pokemon, Digimon and video games. Cause those are like my weak areas. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Trivia is such a fun thing. And I think Doing it at a theme park makes sense where people are ideally already fans of that thing. Um, or if you're not a fan of that thing, then don't go to the trivia night. You know, just go do the roller coasters or something that seems fun to the individual. Um, but yeah, that that sounds cool. Uh, another kind of team-based activity that might be interesting is um, there's a couple series that are about playing music. Uh, and it might be kind of cool to do a sort of build your own band type of experience where they have like instruments and you like can record a song or whatever or just play instruments on a stage at the high school um, to kind of get that experience whether you're a you know solo performer or you want to get match do like matchmaking kind of thing to build a band together and then you go perform a cover or you know do a uh, sort of rock band the video game of all of the theme songs of these shows would be really fun too.
1: Yeah, like, with with on and then Sound Euphonium, which is, like, one, one of my favorite anime by Kyoto Animation, like, two definitely music-themed anime. Um, They also have, on top of having, like, those two which are centered on music, they have some really cool, like, iconic, like, openings and endings, like, where there's, like, the Haruhi dance sequence and the Lucky Star, like, dance sequence. And those are both, like, all over the convention scene, even, like, still.
0: right totally and a lot of these shows you know if you google the name of the show and look at images there's going to be like little gifs of the characters like doing a cute little synchronized dance and there's there's so much fun that music can add to to any fandom like this which i feel like representing that would be awesome
1: yeah that was definitely something i was wanted to incorporate into the park was like around the music just because there's so many cool moments
0: another cool a cool video that I found was kind of showing the evolution of Kyoto animation by showing like 30 seconds of the opening of every show that they did starting with the first show and going through the most recent and you can kind of see you know how the art style is a little bit different but it also gives you a cool overview of seeing which shows you might like you know because if it's just a you'll see in the intro that it's just You know people in swimsuits splashing each other if you like that kind of show they exist or hey look a giant robot or there's some crazy stuff and this girl's like shooting a rocket off of her arm and um you get like kind of a a general vibe better than just seeing the cover of the blu-ray or whatever if you see it in motion and like the kind of vibe they're trying to project with the intro can be a really good um preview of what's in the show
1: no that's really cool yeah, they definitely have some very, very, I like, memorable openings.
0: Um, and they might be hard to play, like, if in a rock band-type setting because typically um, a lot of Japanese music in general uses a lot of chord changes. You know, traditional American rock and pop is, like, four chords. Um, but in Japan, you'll you have, like, nine to 17 chords in like one anime intro it's just wild how their their just musical style is a lot more diverse than ours usually is um but but yeah it'd be it'd be kind of fun a uh, fun challenge to learn those songs on guitar or whatever and then go play it in the high school auditorium it'd be really fun like a, a, you know getting to actually role play as a member you know uh, from on or whatever would be fun
1: that's really cool. Yeah, I have like zero musical skills, so this will be interesting for me. I guess if they have a beginner level, I might be able to maybe pass.
0: Yeah, and, and you could set it up because it's a high school. You know, there could be music 101 or whatever. There's freshman level music band class or orchestra or whatever. Um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds fun. And then, yeah, like we said earlier, archery and swimming. Something I think that's really neat about how they come up with some of these series is that they have kind of contests for people to create a story uh, that they might end up adapting into an anime series. So maybe, you know, in English classroom or whatever, you can go to, like, a writing workshop or, you know, a pitching workshop where you come up with, like, you're a great idea for an anime series. And, you know, maybe there could be some premium options where someone is there to draw, you know, the cover of your novel or whatever for you um, in the Kyoto Animation style but it'd be really cool to empower people to be creative and be um, open about what they're creating and get feedback and make it better and, and you know, get some word maybe even from from professional writers who could be here on staff, you know, giving people feedback or um, saying, you know, maybe this is something you could change to make it more interesting or more unique or or whatever. It could be kind of a cool learning experience.
1: Yeah, I think that's where, like, that's somehow the source for, like, some of their... Like, more recent titles, like Beyond the Boundaries, I think, came through that program, and I think Violet Evergarden did, too.
0: Yeah, I know Violet Ever- Evergarden was a novel. Most of their series, it, from what it seems, what were novels first, although some of them were produced by Kyoto Animation. Um, it seems like they all kind of had, like, a dry run in print before they moved on to the, the small screen of anime.
1: Yeah, they haven't really done much original anime looking at their list. It's mostly their manga, light novel, or visual novel.
0: Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with uh, making sure it's a success before you <laughs> invest a ton of money into making it in time. Um, but they're really good at curation, you know, because that can go sort of wrong when people uh, stop giving you negative feedback or stop telling you no, like, you know, George Lucas or um, Hayao Miyazaki, for example, where you can kind of let these people who are fantastic creators uh, run a little bit too hog wild because they were really good in the past. Um, Or maybe they should have, uh, you know, taken a couple more passes at that first draft or realized maybe this isn't the best idea for a movie. (laughs) Let's just (laughs) stop them real quick. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like Kyoto Animation has more checks and balances in place for that to make sure that it is a successful idea for a story. You know, maybe it's not going to be a guaranteed hit, but it's got a better chance than just whatever this person felt like doing. Is there anything else, like, fun at a school <laughs> that we should represent? Oh. Maybe art would be cool. Having an area where you can learn how to draw your favorite character or whatever. Um, the uh, art school that I used to teach at, they would a lot of the art teachers would say, okay, no anime, but <laughs> we're drawing figures today. Because <laughs> just so many of our students are, like, really crazy about anime. Um, and, you know, really itching for that feeling but they're like you know it's really not going to look great in your portfolio i think i feel like you know we have to push you away from that in a more professional setting because that's the vibe in college level art is anime is kind of looked down upon as the as an art style because it seems too easy maybe or too popular um but this high school the art teachers would be all about the anime especially if it's referencing kyoto animation
1: since like the big thing with kyoto is their artwork and like their training program it would be a good idea to incorporate that i can't really find any like shows which reference it like there's several anime out there like where they talk about like where other companies have done anime about making anime but somehow that has not happened with kyoto yet
0: well i wonder if they will now you know that'd be a really powerful uh time in their history to do that that'd be cool like you know about a young animator or something um, it also would be cool if we did some sort of monument or, you know, some uh, reference to the actual, you know, arson and and that building and all the people that actually work at Kyoto Animation. Kind of like, you know, Disney World's got a big old statue of Walt Disney, um, and Kyoto Animation is a little bit more um, about crediting the team than I would say Walt Disney probably was, where instead of just putting a big statue of... You know, the founders of the studio, that uh, husband and wife team, they would probably rather represent all of their employees instead of just, hey, look, here, we're the figureheads, you know, bow down (laughs) and be more like, here is credit to all of these people to whom credit is due for making all this amazing artwork that brought you all here. Um, And those, you know, who have passed on doing what they loved, which uh, would be kind of a cool, I mean, of course, emotional, but it'd it'd be neat to be able to travel here and you know pay your dues or pay your respects there
1: yeah no i definitely think that's like a must have for the park and it was something i was also considering with it and
0: maybe a shrine or something hmm
1: yeah just some type of mural just kind of referencing like the people that the people that were lost in the event and just maybe some of the credits or the, some of the talk about some of the shows that they worked on or just their how they influenced the studio just to like kind of like a little bit almost like a like a library of like showcasing some of their work that they put into the studio want to
0: see are, are there any series joe that you want to touch upon before we get out of here
1: um One last one, um, I don't think we talked about it, was like Kobayashi Dragon Maid, which I really like, and it's one of their more recent works. Yeah,
0: I was trying to, I couldn't come up with a a good uh, way to include that, but enlighten me.
1: Well, that one, my main idea for that was just doing like a racing coaster, since you have the dragons and they do, like all the girls can pretty much transform back and forth into dragons. And they they occasionally do go on races with each other, so it definitely makes sense to turn that into like a racing coaster with um Toru, oh. Toru, who's the main main dragon, and then Kana, who's the most popular character ever.
0: That's so fun! I love that. What do you think about cosplay as well? Because so many of these characters, you know, you see at anime conventions quite often. Is that something we would allow at this park, or encourage, or teach, or totally prohibit?
1: <laughs> oh no, I definitely think we'd want to encourage people to cosplay and. Maybe there's a reward
0: for it, like oh, like having a contest. Yeah, exactly. That sounds great. Or you know, maybe if there's a character who is there as almost a gatekeeper, or the person who gives out tickets to the certain exclusive attraction, who you can kind of impress them, you know, through your uh, knowledge of their character, or just through entertaining them, or if you're cosplaying as someone from their show who they like they might just give you a ticket for just being in costume. Whereas if you walk up and you're dressed up as their rival or their enemy or their ex, maybe there's no chance you're possibly going to get one of those tickets because they're really biased against that character might be kind of fun. That'd be very cool. It would also be cool to, uh, you know, in the next phase of development for this theme park to go through the kind of mashup scenarios or the sort of slash fiction um, as these characters from different universes converge in the same high school who might be a good match for one another, who would be best friends, who would be enemies, coming up with, you know, that big complicated flow chart or, you know, organizational chart of who would like who and who could potentially date who and who would not ever want to be in the same room as who. Um, it'd be kind of fun to uh, to see all those matchups and, and plan out those eventualities of what if someone's cosplaying as this person and they go over to that person and they bring them a flower or whatever, would they get the ticket at that point or you know whatever it would be kind of fun to to plan all that stuff out yeah Joe, thank you so much for being on the show again. This is so much fun. I, I love bringing on an expert who can help me um, put together, you know, make the the fandom connect to the theme park, which I could not do by myself at all. No,
1: I, this was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> it's always a blast, man. Um, and yeah, if you liked hearing Joe, feel free to check out the Card Capture Sakura episode. That was one I, I really loved that episode. It was really fun to do. Um, but if people are interested
1: in in hearing more from you, where can they go online? Um, right now we're on Facebook and Twitter at Brave World Anime. We also have Instagram. I do need to get up and start working on our YouTube channel for Brave World Anime, but no content yet. Um, and then just upcoming, we'll be at NeonCon, so if you're in Northeast Ohio on October 5th, check us out.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. And yeah, I I might try to get back in the old convention circuit because I think it was it was a really unique experience doing it you know live in front of an audience and i liked having the sort of visual aids we had like a projector and a screen set up with with little gifs of what we were talking about um which worked really smoothly for for cardcaptor sakura i'm not sure if it worked for every single episode of amusement sparks which tend to be kind of all over the place as far as what we're talking about at any given time uh, yeah um, but it worked really well for that one um, but that was a blast, and I, I would, like always. I appreciate you being on the show and helping me out and lending your knowledge and your talents. And yeah, like we said earlier, go check out some anime. There's all kinds of good, good stuff out there. No matter who you are, like there's tons of stuff my grandmother would love. You know, um, it's just about finding the right one and maybe not watching the wrong ones. <laughs> Because I I know a lot of people who were, like, turned off for years because they watched the Pokemon anime, you know, and they're like, well, this is really kind of mindless (laughs) or overly simple depiction of this world I love. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there, especially, I would say, from Kyoto Animation.
1: Yeah. One last one to plug real quick, just because I love it and I want more people to watch it, is A Silent Voice, which is on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, definitely watch it. It's a movie. It's one of KyoAni's only like, standalone movies I can think of. It's fantastic. It's absolutely beautiful.
0: I think almost all their other movies are an adaptation of the anime series that they did. Yep. So it's called A Silent Voice. Yes.
1: Interesting. And it is on Netflix now. I just double-checked it.
0: Um, could you give us a brief, you know, like what it, what kind of genre it is or what it's like?
1: it's another high school one, but it's a really, it's a definitely an emotional story. It focuses on a girl, Shoko. Um, she is deaf, and when they're in elementary school, she is bullied, and she's bullied so bad that she eventually ends up transferring out of the school, but then she ends up um, reuniting with her bully, like, so this was an elementary school, and they get reunited in high school, and you get to kind of see, like, the payback that he got like for being a bully, like it didn't all go well for him. And so he's having a tough time now because he's been being bullied for like the last several years. So wow, really moving really, really good.
0: That sounds fantastic. Thank you for that recommendation. And thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you very much.